just before we start the show, I want to take an opportunity to invite you to join me for the Podfluence Weekly Newsletter, which is available both on LinkedIn and through the official newsletter channel. Now, if you are on LinkedIn and it's easier for you to follow there, then please just click on the link in the show notes, which will take you straight to Podfluence on LinkedIn, where you can subscribe for free and get weekly updates on Podfluence articles as well as episodes. If you would like to subscribe to the full newsletter where you'll get additional materials and, as my little incentive to you, my pre-podcast guest checklist for you to use when you're appearing on podcast shows so that you can be fully prepared every single time, then please click the link to the official newsletter in the show notes. Hope to see you there. Let's get on with the show. Welcome to the show. My name is Johnny Ball. This is Speaking Influence, the show where we talk about building professional influence and mastering the skills of ethical persuasion. We regularly have in-depth conversations with people who are out there already in the world applying and often teaching the tools of ethical influence and persuasion. And sometimes we'll even talk about the not-so-ethical side of things too, with guests ranging from successful authors and entrepreneurs, secret service members, psychologists, marketing and branding experts, even the occasional professional comedian or world champion in public speaking or storytelling. We've spoken with former cult members, neuroscientists, voice coaches, professional stylists, political speech writers, public speakers experts and more besides every episode takes our guest knowledge and experience turning it into actionable information that you can use to build a deeper understanding of how the world of influence and persuasion works to become a better wielder of the weapons of ethical influence and persuasion in life and in business which hopefully leaves each of us a little smarter and better off than before this week, we're really talking about building your professional influence through the tool of press releases. If you're anything like me, you may not know the first thing about putting out a press release, but my guest, Mickey Kennedy, knows everything about doing press releases and doing them well. And it really is an area in which you can build your influence without that much competition because most people are competing online with advertising and other areas. So this is a place where there is a huge opportunity for you right now. And in this conversation with Mickey, we're going to dive into exactly how you can be taking advantage of that. As we start into the new year, I'm very happy to tell you that we now have an official sponsor to the Speaking Influence podcast. They're called Brandface. We'll be introducing you to them a little bit later on. For now, enjoy the show. Welcome to Speaking Influence, the show that helps you to master the psychology and application of ethical influence and persuasion in life and business with persuasive presentations and podcasting coach, Johnny Ball. If you're a coach, speaker, or course creator and would like to have a simple online ecosystem for your business where you can create funnels, build an integrated website, sell and host courses and live programs, build your list with lead magnets, manage your sales, create communities, and so much more in a way that is affordable and fully supported, you'll love New Zendler. You can try everything out for free. And if you love it, you can register for monthly or discounted annual billing. It's more cost-effective than most other similar platforms. Don't pay for a multitude of services you have to then link up manually. Get an online solution that does everything you need in one place. Find the link in the show notes and try New Zendler as the all-in-one solution for your business today. Well, I'm very happy to welcome to the show today, Mickey Kennedy. Mickey, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's great to be speaking with you. And I know that a lot of people who tune into the show are people who are looking to 
be a bit more visible online and find ways of being seen and heard that are going to get them noticed. And we certainly had some guests on in the past who have spoken to this. So I'm looking forward to finding out what you have to add to this that we can learn from you today. For the benefit of our audience, tell us a little bit more about e-releases, what you do, why you do it, and why you set that up. Right. So I run e-releases. It's a uh, press release company. We specialize in uh, writing and distributing press releases online and to the media through a newswire. I started it almost 23 years ago and I uh, just emailed journalist press releases. I reached out to several and asked if I could send them releases and they said, sure. And uh, when I launched, I had a database of about 10,000 journalists. And uh, over the time, it's morphed a little bit. We started incorporating PR Newswire, which is the oldest and largest Newswire press releases into our distribution platform. And it's become the backbone of the service that we have. And it's a really good value for small businesses, coaches, consultants, and other people who are looking to get their, their press release out. Because if you go directly to PR Newswire, a national release with them is starts at around $1,000 for a 500, 600-word press release. So it is advantageous to use a service like ours, especially if you fall within the, the, the parameters of doing just a few releases a year. Yeah. For the benefit of people who may be new to marketing or promoting themselves or maybe have never done a press release and perhaps don't know what that would entail, can you give us a bit more information about what press releases are and what they generally need to include for people? Sure. So generally, they're a third-party announcement, uh, usually as a headline, may have a subhead. They're if you're going to say anything in the first person, you usually incorporate it into a quote. I will say spend a little time and try to create a really captivating quotes. I've seen mediocre stories that journalists were on the fence about, but the quote was so good, they ended up doing a small filler piece or article just because the quote was so good. So many people treat quotes as an afterthought. But if you go to e-releases and look at the footer, there's a link for press release samples. You can get a feel for what they are out there. They're not rocket science. They're not great creative writing or anything like that. So I do think that most people can, looking at a, a few press release samples, be able to write their own press release. The real energy and time commitment should be spent on what it is that you're announcing. And I think mm. that's where a lot of people, they bet on the wrong horse. They have a personnel change and they write a press release about that. Or there's something that's trending and they just join the conversation and say pretty much the same thing everybody else is saying. And those are sort of lost opportunities. And if you're a little more strategic with what you're announcing, you can get really good results from a, a press release. What then uh, would be good examples of the kinds of things that coaches and speakers and consultants should be doing press releases about? I think that you can do your own survey or study. That's something that I do with a lot of clients who just feel like they're not newsworthy or we try a few releases and they didn't really work. So we're looking for something to get some gains. You know, anybody can put together a survey or study. You don't have to be a recognized expert in your industry to be the author of that study. Some people get tripped up over the mechanics of the survey. You can use a service like SurveyMonkey, which I think just changed its name, and or even Google Forms and collect the data just using a URL. And if you don't have the people to send the survey to, say your leads list or your customer list isn't broad enough to do it, you can partner with a small trade association. I say small because the small and independent ones are much more receptive to these types of deals where you approach them and say, I want to do a survey and release it to the media. You know, 
would you be willing to send this link to your members? Most of them will say yes. Sometimes they might try to say, can we get like a co-branding opportunity in the press release? So for them, they look for the win-win and they're very responsive and, and they're often willing to do it. And so, you know, once you have those results, you can publish them. You want to have really compelling questions that speak to the moment. You want to take the temperature of your industry. What's going on right now? Right now is a really good time for that because a lot of people are sort of uncertain about what the next few months look like, given what we've been through over the past, you know, one plus year with the pandemic and everything. So I would just say, if you can come up with some good questions, maybe throw one or two strange or weird questions left field questions in there as well. Sometimes those really can go viral. I've, I've had that happen many times. One was a auto repair center that sent out a survey to independent auto repair shops. And it was the question was just an open field. What's the strangest thing a customer left in your car? And they got so many articles because of that, because there were so many weird little stories and snippets and anecdotes and things like that wasn't statistically relevant because nobody had the same experience twice, but it was really entertaining. And at the end of the day, you want to provide content that a journalist wants to share with his audience. And if you can reverse engineer that and look at, I want to announce our new product and you say, well, how can I make this product really relevant to an audience? How can I elevate the most interesting and, and compelling information and sort of tailor your press release like that, you'll get better results because you're, you're helping the journalist do his job of, you know, they're trying to cultivate and curate stuff that's out there. And if you can make it seem like yours is something that's a discovery, then you, you really stand a high chance of getting some of those articles published. Hmm. So is it only journalists really who are looking at press releases or are there well, any other people who might be checking them out as well? There are. There's um, bloggers, there's social media influencers. There is a lot of people on Instagram that are known in the fashion world that also review press releases and announcements by key designers and stuff like that. And they'll report that as well. So the landscape is changing. And fortunately, the Newswire is very accepting of the fact that media landscape is being redefined and they're allowing those influencers and other experts to come in and join the conversation and use the content that is there through press releases. That's interesting. And how much can really be done through that? Because I think more people that I know of in, in coaching and speaking and, and consulting generally seem to focus on um, online promotions and social media methodologies of getting themselves more well-known and putting out content themselves. So they're using their own strategies. Why should they use press releases in addition to that? I think because of the opportunity with leverage, when you have a really newsworthy announcement, you can get dozens and dozens of articles about you. And we did a, a press release last year for someone who was wanting to help restaurants that were closed during the pandemic. And it was called the Dining Bond Initiative. They borrowed the idea from the war bonds. And it was just a, a very short-lived thing that was meant to really help you give money to your local restaurant immediately. And so they got over 150 articles from Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, all the food trade publications picked it up. It was a huge success. More than $10 million in revenue was created to help these restaurants all over the U.S. and immediately went to them. And it was a perfect storm because there was a lot of negative news and here was something that was positive and something that you yourself could help and nominate your local restaurant. And then if they accepted, they would, you would immediately be able to give them money. And it was backed by you getting a, a gift 
card or dining bond, so to speak, so that you were getting something out of it as well. And it did phenomenally well. And I would challenge anyone, you know, what other medium could you have used to have generated, you know, tens of millions in, in revenue, thousands of links and, and many tens of thousands or, or more visitors. And, and that's the leverage power that you can get through PR and press releases. It happens on a smaller scale for most average clients. For most of my clients that do a survey or study, they usually get anywhere from eight to 16 articles that are written about them, but they're usually industry-related trade publications or magazines or uh, newspapers. They're generally people within their industry and field of influence. So it's really great links to them and good traffic and, and recognition that they get. It's also something that they can use then and put on their website and in the news or a roundup. They can actually take screenshots of the article and share them as well as logos with their social media. They can take and educate their leads that we were just picked up. Because it is like an implied endorsement when a journalist writes an article about you and the traffic that you generally get from it are buyers. Rarely mm -hmm. does someone read an article about a really cool Kickstarter and go to the Kickstarter campaign and then decide, well, I'm going to see if I can find something similar on Amazon. They, they have this uh, attachment, this warm feeling, and they want to help and be part of this. And so but that's the type of visitors that you can get. So for speakers and coaches and consultants and others, if you were to do a survey within your industry, you would get traffic and links, hopefully within your industry, trade publications, and make yourself more of an influence and allow you to stand out and get a little more credibility and recognition within your industry. Mm. Is it something that could work for formats like podcasts and YouTube channels? <clears throat> Potentially, yes. What I've found is that uh, the types of press releases I see from podcasters really speak to a, a more generalized theme. And if you have one standout guest, that might be newsworthy. The only breakout podcasts that I've seen when I was researching that did really well with articles was one where Trump's former attorney that got in all kinds of trouble had a podcast and he, he was going to have Stormy Daniels on and right. everybody covered that. But, you know, that's, you know, that this entertainment thing as well because of celebrity and stuff like that. That's a little bit different. I think that is what you're doing with a podcast either overall or individually, like one specific episode, is it compelling enough that a journalist would want to share it with his readers? And so that's the real, if it is, then yeah, I think that it could work. But what I see a lot of times is the interest level of the average podcast is good, but it's not really great. And it, it is, it's a little hard to make that work. But if you were to also take maybe some public numbers and statistics that are already out there, so you don't have to do a survey and you were to, you know, point out that so many millions of dollars are spent on this subject and here's someone who's going to address this, then potentially you, you could do it. And I don't see a lot of people doing the extra work to make it a little more compelling. And I think there are things that you can do to make it a little more interesting. Well, one of the things, this is interesting because one of the things as a podcast that, that people tend to have trouble with, and, and, and I'm not certainly far from the only person who has this issue, is when you do have a very well-known guest on your show, you go publishing out to your own networks doesn't always do a lot to generate interest or get people said, oh yeah, I must go and 
tune into that. But if you did a press release about that, there's a good chance that you might generate some interest. And that could actually be a really good way, something that I'd be curious to explore myself sure. about whether as a good way to leverage having some bigger name guests on the show, because very often those are the people that aren't so willing to help you promote the show right. they're coming on that they're already doing you a favor by being a guest on the show so right. so potentially this could be a very good way to to help leverage that just to give people a bit of an example then like for example my my coaching my training stuff is about persuasive presentation skills so if i was thinking about doing a press release in my industry for what i coach around what kind of things do you think i would be best to be thinking about so I think that you might be able to tie in the fact that so many people have been working on Zoom and maybe you could provide some numbers like, and they're probably publicly available. What percentage of people have migrated to online? Which ones are likely to remain going forward? What are some tips and tools that you could use to en enhance people's experience given your background? That's a really good one. There also might be industry blind spots or things that are being ignored in your in uh, on this subject matter that you could sort of play off of and include generally i find that if there's something that people just haven't really written about and but the industry knows about it pretty well those are great opportunities for you to shine a spotlight and sometimes they can do really well we we we've, we've had some really good successes with that uh we've also had a few instances where there's a reason that an industry ignores a subject so you want to make sure that you figure out which it is when you're doing it doing the homework exactly and I think a, another thing to consider is, it, are there views that you have that could be recognized as being contrarian? And sometimes being the person that goes out there and says something that's counter to a lot of people's beliefs is a great way to get in there on a particular subject, especially if there's something in the industry that's trending and you're kind of like, eh, I don't, I think that's not all it's shaped up to be from, and these are my reasons, that's a great time to join the conversation while it's beginning to peak and grow in popularity, because a lot of people will probably be writing about it over the next few months or years. And a journalist wants to cover both sides and be objective. And very often there's nobody saying the negative. And so if you're out there pointing out the cons on a particular subject, you're going to get picked up almost every article where the journalist does his job and covers both sides. And so that's a great opportunity because it's very easy to find someone who's just going with the flow and join, joining the conversation. They're, those people are very readily available. And for that reason, the competition for that is just too great. Yeah, yeah. There are people who've built their whole careers off being contrarian, I think. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, but it certainly is something, uh, not something I encourage people to do all the time, but, uh, but yeah, I think that's great advice. And I was posting something today on LinkedIn and now I'm thinking, oh, yeah, okay, that could be good content for a press release as well. Fantastic. Is it worth getting paid help with press releases, like for people who have expertise in doing these and put them together? Or is it more of a thing that, you know, like with your social media stuff, you, know, you can get professional stuff, but it probably connects more with people when you do it yourself. I think it really varies. I think that you should try it yourself because you know the material better, you know your industry better. I think that you, you know your market better as well. And I think that it's more difficult to hand off to someone to do it without 
someone investing a lot of time and energy, getting to know you, getting to know your industry, who your perspectives are, what audiences you reach, what audiences you'd like to reach. And so that's a lot of secret sauce that someone has to incorporate if they do it well. And I think that if, if you can do it, I would recommend you do it yourself. But I also recognize people are extremely busy. And if, if the only way you can get it done is to delegate it, then I say, go ahead and delegate it to someone, but, you know, try to get them to be a little more strategic with their, their announcing and focus on that. Cause I know a lot of people like to name drop when they're at a particular, a really great conference or something like that. And very often those types of press releases don't do very well because the people that are interested is a very finite, small number of people. But if there's something that you could tie into your speaking engagement or something like that, that's just more newsworthy, such as putting numbers, industry numbers in there, talking about things in your industry that a lot of people aren't talking about, whether it's having a contrarian viewpoint or saying something that's just really profound in your industry. If you were to start incorporating a lot of those little nuggets, then that definitely increases the chances that you could get some news coverage based off of a particular engagement or something like that. Yeah. You mentioned one press release you liked earlier, the, the questionnaire thing and the question that stood out. Um, what are... Uh, what could be some other examples of some great press releases you've seen? And, and on the other side of that, some really terrible ones, just so people have an idea about what's good and bad. Right. So I'll start with the worst first, because they're the easiest to identify. <laughs> a personnel change very often isn't important outside of maybe a couple of trade publications and a newspaper. Just find out who those are at those three sources and email them directly. There's no need to spend money and resources sending out a press release for something like that. I, I deal with a lot of releases that look like they've been sort of created on committee and you don't know why they even exist, but you know, a company has a new mobile responsive website. I can't see a lot of people interested in that. You know, is, is there something that you've done that's different than all other mobile responsive websites, then maybe there's an, an opportunity there. But just because you spent a couple hundred thousand dollars making your website mobile responsive, it, it's probably a good investment, but it's not newsworthy. You know, things that are like that, like uh, a, a product refresh and journalists recognize that they promote things, but they also aren't a substitute for paid advertising. So if it's something that would be better spent through paid advertising, then it probably doesn't meet the merit, the newsworthiness to, to get into a press release. There are just safe press releases with safe quotes that really say much that's really interesting or earth shattering are the types of releases that just don't do very well. Ones where you focus on what you do that's really unique and speaker or coach you probably have a USP, some a unique selling proposition. What makes you different than everyone else? And to tailor the press release around it, whether it's talking about your USP or pick a USP that you're going to focus on in this press release to distinguish it from everything else that's out there. Yeah, yeah, the industry blind spots is a really good one. We had someone in their industry talk several times. And finally, we came across the realization that one of their biggest problems is marketing. They spend so much energy and time on it. It's the thing that they do the most and nobody in their industry talked about it. So we started doing press releases about marketing and almost every single trade publication picked it up 
And we continued to do marketing releases after that. And we continued to get pickups, not as good as the first time, but I think out of 12 to 14 trade publications over a period of six months, we ended up getting about 30 clips or articles that were published as a result of it. And it was just because nobody in their industry was talking about marketing. Two of the trade publications recognized this because they saw our pattern of releases and they started a marketing column because so many of their subscribers were reacting favorably to these articles when we were sending out press releases and they were turning them into articles. And that that is what happens with a press release. You're not looking for the press release to be replicated in places. You're looking for someone to turn it into an article, something that's original. And that happens. I mentioned the being a contrarian, sometimes being the friendly jerk. You don't want to be the crazy uncle, but if you can, <laughs> if you can be level-headed, and point out some real cons on a particular subject, that's a great opportunity. Um, there's also a lot of people use news jacking where they'll pick something that's trending right now that's really hot. And the, the thing about that is a lot of people generally do that. And so a lot of people are joining the conversation. I always say, is there something that you can take from that and make it a little bit more unique and maybe even tailor it more towards your audience and niche. So years ago, there was a target breach. Every security consultant was doing press releases about the target breach, but they, none of them stood out. And so a couple of them would get occasional media pickup, but most of them didn't. And client that was right in the same space. And I, I recommended that they do something that's a little bit different. So what they talked about was, do you have a credit card? Are you a mom and pop business that has a credit card terminal on your counter and are unsure whether you're at risk of the same breach that happened to Target? And then they provided some analysis as to what to look for with you and how you run credit cards and some tips and then I think they had a white paper or resource that they sent people to, and they did pretty well. I, I think they got five or six articles as a result of it, which, which isn't bad for a single press release. And, you know, again, it's just trying to, you know, you can join a trend, but can you elevate the conversation or make it very targeted and specific? There's also local media is a great opportunity for a lot of people. And I always tell them, don't use a service like e-releases when it comes to local media. This is a great opportunity to introduce yourself, get to know them. You don't have to have a press release. You can just give them a pitch, a couple of sentences uh, about what you're announcing. And if you have a really great quote, I would include a great quote because a lot of them can build an article around the great quote and uh, just figure out who writes about you in your local area. It's usually like your local paper. There might be some weekly or regional papers. If you're lucky enough to have a business newspaper or business magazine in your area, and that's pretty much it outside of radio and TV. You can just call, ask for the email address of a particular writer that you've noticed tends to cover people in your industry or companies your size, and uh, they'll give it to you. They're not trying to hide who they are. They're accessible by definition, being journalists and members of the community. And and then just uh, email them. Try to I say try to email three to four times a year as you have milestones or things that you feel worthy of announcing. You can sort of track your industry and determine what's becoming hot. And you can just let them know that, hey, I know that you occasionally cover coaches and we're seeing a big trend right now with people doing virtual conferences and I'm getting ready to launch a virtual conference and I love to share my experience and stuff like that. So, you know, it's, it, it could be as short and as simple as that. And, and then just stay in touch with them as it seems natural. Do you want to be personal? And hopefully over time, you'll build a relationship 
with them so that when they're writing on a story and they're looking for a company just to spotlight as an anecdote in the story, a lot of times they'll they'll pick the same people that reach out to them. And so it's a great opportunity and why you see so many of the same people in the local media. There also might be opportunities with radio and TV, if there's broadcast or spotlights of businesses that you notice over time, you can reach out to the producer or booker of, of that show and uh, do the same thing with pitching them as well for your business. We'll return to the show in just a few moments. Do you know the biggest mistake that most experts make is attempting to market themselves before their brand is built? Think about it. How do you even know who you're marketing to or what you need to say to attract that person unless you know exactly who you're targeting? A well-defined brand increases your marketing ROI, helps you attract an ideal audience and tells the story of what sets you apart. That's exactly what Brandface helps you do. Learn more at HowBrandFaceWorks.com. That's HowBrandFaceWorks.com. Find the link in the show notes. Now, back to the show. Great. I, I do a lot of multi-speaker events, and especially recently, and of course, much of that is online now. But would they be good things to do press releases about? I would say probably not, because what I find with... Uh, speaker events is it's like you're not focusing on any one person and diving deep in them you're spotlighting several of them and as a result it seems a little shallow and surface level and so it, it it doesn't i i think if you were to take a couple of them and dive deeper and you know point at some real pain points and how this person solves them and what makes them unique you'll have better luck with that so maybe there's the keynotes or a couple that you want to focus on a little bit deeper i think that focusing on one or two you're going to get better results than if you had a lineup of six or eight or something like that i know that a lot of people have uh, do a lot of these virtual summits and things like that yeah. and i see a lot of those press releases where they mention a lot of people and each one is kind of renowned or known and, and have their own little community. But in aggregate, the press release doesn't really do very much. And I think that that's probably why I think that if you took like just one person and did a deep dive and, and went really deep into it, backed it with some numbers and statistics that are just publicly available rather than doing a survey or study yourself, I think that you could really make it a little more intriguing and a journalist would be more likely to turn that into an article. Mm. So what would be really nice to do, and I know you sort of covered bits of this, but to, can we sort of lay down what would be a process for somebody to do their first press release, uh, maybe with e-releases specifically? Sure. So I, I have a strategy course that talks through basically how to audit your business and what you do through the lens of newsworthiness. And uh, it's completely free. I'm trying to get my customers to take it. <laughs> and And so far... I'm only getting about 15% that are really willing to, to look at it, but it's less than an hour. It's available at ereleases.com forward slash plan, P-L-A-N. And I would recommend anybody that's considering press releases to start there. It's less than one hour, like I said, and it really gives you a lot of these things that I've mentioned before, like a survey or study. That's a really good one. Owning your story, talking about your USP, a lot of the stuff that we talk, I, I have a section on quotes and why a really compelling quote can really you know get you an article in an instance where the journalist was on the fence 
and the importance of a really great quote because journalists will build a great a story right around a great quote. If you've provided an amazing knockout quote for them, they'll try to, to figure out a way to build something around it that's worthy of it. So that's really, you know, worthwhile and willing to know. But I think that that's a good place to start. The press release samples on my website is also a good place to look at other press releases. But yeah. I don't recommend you go there first because so many people say, oh, here's a, a press release on this. I can just modify the exact same theme for my business. I would say, look at how it's written. But what you should focus on is how can you strategically say something that's compelling and interesting? And it probably won't be the same thing that you just saw in that press release sample. Yeah. When press releases go out, when you actually send out a press release, are they targeted or do they just kind of go out generally? Okay. So they go out as a general release, but they also are targeted by industries and they're, you get to choose certain industries and they get marked up. There are also people that will look at the uh, location, the origin, city and state to see if there might be a local media relevance or something like that. Um, and that's pretty much what happens. And on the wire, which is really nice is if you are a journalist, and you're looking at a particular industry feed. You can actually customize it by putting certain things to exclude. If there's certain keywords that you just see releases all the time, you're like, well, I don't cover that. You can just set exclusions. You can set inclusions, like always include press releases that mention these keywords. So you can really tailor it so that as a journalist, you're just seeing the types of releases that you, you know, work for you. And that's why. I, I say when you write a press release, you want to make sure that you're using keywords that your target industry would recognize and know so that if they are including those keywords as inclusions that you're getting um, included there. Yeah. So that's a good bit of preparation to do is your, your keyword research if you don't already have that. I, I can definitely see the advantage of press releases as a way of increasing visibility and and being more seen as opposed to rather just kind of putting stuff out there and uh, hoping that it gets set to the targets that you want to get it to having other people sharing your stuff is kind of like that word of mouth thing really, isn't it it's like we tend to trust things more when other people are talking about it rather than when it's coming from the person themselves which, which Maybe it's weird or maybe it's just because so many people uh, are, are good at talking a good game, but not always uh, not always delivering so much good stuff. But uh, yeah, I can definitely see, see the power of that. What do you think would be reasonable? Some people will be thinking, oh, I want to do it, but surely it's going to be really expensive. What kind of budgets do you think people could be realistically looking at doing press releases with? Right. So I always recommend that someone who is looking at PR press releases to commit to a proper PR campaign. One press release is not going to determine whether PR press release is going to work for you. I say a series of a minimum of four, but I think six is a really good number to strive for. Try to do six strategically different press releases. The exception being if you get one right out of the gate that does very well, then you may want to try a similar theme and slightly alter it in the same way that we did with the client that we, where we just did marketing releases all of a sudden for a long time because we kept getting it, it kept working. But if you do several different strategic releases, you stand a much better chance of one of them breaking out and learning from what didn't work. And sometimes what didn't work, a time thing, like right now at this time, they weren't interested in this. They may be interested in that subject later. So 
you know, it's just one of those education things that you just have to learn and and re- try to replicate over time and learn from. But it is a little bit of trial and error. It is about trying to refine your messaging in a way that you are helping the gatekeeper and giving him stuff that his audience would really want to, to read about and learn about and discover. So if you can sort of keep that in mind as you're developing content, I think that over a, a PR campaign, you should see some successes. Um, the cost involved, you know, with us, we have a, a new customer special, so you can get in for as little as, you know, 200 to $269 for a release. You know, if you're looking to do four to six of those, over a particular amount of time, the cost is pretty modest. I don't necessarily think that you have to do have us write the release because I think it is one of those things that you can probably do a really sufficient job. It's not where something where you're going to ever be wowed away with the writing or anything yeah. outside of maybe a really good quote. But I also think that you know your industry really well and you're probably the best person to come up with a really compelling one or one sentence or, or two that you can you know create as a quote in, inside your press release. But I would challenge anyone to, to do it for themselves. You can always have us review your press release for free by just contacting the chat or giving us a call or emailing us on the website. We don't have any salespeople. We're just editors and uh, there's no quotas or commissions or anything like that. So if we feel that we don't think it's going to do very well for you and we have a reason why, we're usually upfront and we'll tell you, but we're really good to, to lean on. And especially with people working on their first release or their first real release where they're issuing it over a newswire. Yeah, well, that's really good to know because a lot of people don't really have that kind of resource available to them with with more more used online kind of advertising techniques and like Facebook ads and things like that. You don't always get that kind of feedback that you really need as to is this going to work until you've got the thing in process and start getting feedback from the results. So that's a great thing. But in terms of like a budget for this, that's really reasonable. You think about like especially as coaches and speakers and consultants, a big part of your goal, businesses that are based around you is to become known for what you do. And that can be very hard to do with the the pathways that everyone else is going down. And I'm not aware of so many coaches and speakers and the likes using press releases as a methodology. And, And I certainly think it's something that people should be thinking more about, especially as that makes it very cost-effective for a purpose of having other people talking about you, generating buzz about you. So even if you're thinking, not sure about this, I still think it's a great exercise just from what you were saying about people getting clear on their unique selling point. If you've got your USP down, if you don't have that, or you're not sure, sure how to express that, do this as an exercise to try it because you're going to uh, you're going to need that to really stand out in your industry anyway, press releases or not. And so I think everyone should be thinking along those lines like if you can't give a unique selling point or why people should come and work with you or what they're specifically going to get from you that they don't get from everyone else then you're already in trouble so i think it's a a great thing for think for people to be thinking about you've already mentioned the website and i know we want to sort of come to mention it again so what What's the, just give us uh, the link to, to the website for everyone, just to remind us how they can go and check it out. And and if people want to come and find out more, is, is there a way that they can come and ask you some questions? Sure. So the website's ereleases.com and uh, all my social media is on the lower right. LinkedIn is a really great way to reach me directly. I am usually not picking up the phone or dealing with emails personally, but I am accessible through LinkedIn. So if anyone has any particular questions or anything, they can reach me through that. Perfect. Yeah, LinkedIn's where I hang out as well. And I know a lot of my audience are on there too. So fantastic. 
One thing I do always like to ask my guests, you've already shared with us an, an amazing resource from your one, one hour course and something I'll check out and the links will be in the show notes for people so people can easily access them from the show notes. But I always like to ask for a book recommendation. Now, I don't know if there are any good books around press releases or just a book that you've read around business or something that's really impacted you and, and been very helpful that you could share and recommend to others. So I'm only halfway through this book, but I am just really captivated by it. It is called Contagious. It's about why things go viral and why things are influential. And it just really runs very counter to a lot of things that you would think. For example, what's more contagious or viral, the subject of dishwashing soap or Disney World? And surprisingly, <laughs> it's dishwashing soap. More people well, talk about dishwashing soap online than they do Disney World. And they have reasons for it, but it, it all goes around triggers and the way that triggers work and, and influence you. And there's a lot of things in your day-to-day -day life that would trigger dishwashing stories and shares about dishwashing soap than about a trip that you had to Disney World. And that being said, we all know that when people go to Disney World, they post online and all that. But despite that, there's still a lot more people that talk about mundane subjects. And those are things that you can influence with triggers. I'm still going through it, but I'm sitting there thinking about from a newsworthy standpoint, are there triggers that you could tap into with your messaging? And so I, I think I find it fascinating. I don't, I still have half the book to go through, but I've just really enjoyed it and have found it, you know, really interesting from the standpoint that a lot of things that I assumed are, are not the case. And also there's been a lot of happy accidents or creative right. genius when it comes to advertising and things that have triggered and stuff like that. They talked about, there was this terrible pop song called Friday and it went <laughs> viral. Rebecca and Black, when, yes. And when they looked at it, they saw that like 80% of the traffic and downloads and listens to the song was on a Friday. And so the fact <laughs> that the song was called Friday, every seven days there was a trigger. And, and that sort of led to it going sort of viral. And I, I, I found that was really interesting. And the way that Kit Kat bars break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. And then they did the Kit Kat and coffee campaign and stuff like that. So there's just, every time you have a cup of coffee, that could be a subconscious trigger to like, really wish I had a Kit Kat right now. Right. And so those are types of things that really good creative advertising is able to piggyback uh, a story or idea and tie it to a trigger so that people would uh, recognize it. There's reasons that whenever Halloween comes up, people start thinking of Reese's pieces and orange candy and candy uh, corn and stuff like that. It's yeah, because, yeah. you know, that as the season changes and people start putting up decorations, people start thinking of these things. And I, 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 yeah, I yeah. find it very fascinating from a marketing, advertising and PR standpoint. Even here where I live, we still we get uh, the pumpkin spice lattes and all that kind of stuff come yeah. up around this time of year for sure. <laughs> so definitely very interesting. Great. I'll be checking that out. That's a great recommendation. As we wrap things up for today, I wonder if there's one thing that you hope people most remember or most take away from our conversation today, or even one thing you hope they take action on, what would it be? I would say that they 
listen to the masterclass and if their juices get flowing and they come up with, wow, I came up with eight ideas that I could do a press release on, then I would say you should really do a PR campaign. If you do it and you only come up with a couple, then maybe you could try those two. And if it works, go back and see what else you could come up with. But, you know, if nothing really comes to mind and you're not able to flesh something out, then you'll, you'll pretty much know that maybe PR is not a good fit for you. I would say you know, it's completely free. It just takes an hour investment. And I think it's a really good indicator of whether PR will work for you as to through this lens of this audit that you'll be doing your business and yourself, whether PR might be a good fit. And if it is, you can get a lot of leverage and get a lot of media attention and to create some centers of influence of you in your industry or marketplace just by feeding this type of content on an ongoing basis. Yeah. Mickey, this has been a really interesting conversation for me. I, I've learned a lot from you. I know my audience are going to appreciate this as well. We've got some stuff we can put into action. We've got some great resources and got all of us thinking about press releases now. I really appreciate you coming and sharing your, your knowledge and expertise with us today. Thank, thank you for giving up your time and being a guest on Speaking Influence. You're very welcome. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, if you got some value from this episode, please do share it out with your friends and network. There is no cost for listening to the show, but we do ask that you pay the price of sharing the show out with your friends and your network. If you would like to support the show financially, you can still do that through the Supercast page, which you'll find in the show notes. For as little as five US dollars a month, you can help keep Speaking Influence going and growing. Please do also check out our new sponsors, Brandface, where they can help you get your brand and your marketing aligned to help you reach the right people in the right way. With amazing guests booked in for at least the next six months in the show, we're not going to be running out of fantastic conversations anytime soon. We are now up to a steady two shows a week. You're going to be seeing that regularly from now on. And you can even get my weekly newsletter on LinkedIn if you would like to. Again, I'll put a link for that in the show notes. Do come and check it out. To find out more about me and the show, visit presentinfluence.com. I look forward to seeing you next time. Go and make great things happen.